We might hit the mark. It's you anyways that isn't I'm like mildly hungover. Oh and... really? What? Uh, well that makes yeah. sense since yeah. we were drinking last night and this was supposed to be done last night, that's my bad. Yeah, that's okay. No no, I I I needed it. I needed it bad. I, I people for, for the record, I was sober for five days. Do you know how awful that is? I don't know how you did everyone you're listening to the four Frodo podcast i'm your host chantel joining me as always is my brother christian good morning hi how are you all right it's fucked up we're doing this it is 8 43 in the morning and it's I, fucking weird I'm like a person but i haven't been to bed so this is it we're it's gonna... early or sober or well i am well uh, i'm uh yeah i don't want to say i'm sober but uh, right yeah something very strange. But we're but. here, and we're, um, I can't believe we haven't done this before. We are going to discuss the works of Stephen King. It is um, about time. Like, I know we reviewed It. That was our first show. Yeah. But we didn't talk that... anymore about The King? No. The King. Yeah, well, he is uh, my favorite author. I wouldn't say that his adaptations of film are terrific, but there's some good ones there. There is. Um, but we're going to discuss Pet Cemetery. It is new, uh, just hit theaters this week, and um, we've both seen it, and we want to discuss it. Um, yeah. And then we'll have a, a brief discussion of his books um, and adaptations of film miniseries. So, let's just jump into it immediately. Uh, where do you think this stands compared to the original? Well, so, I hope y'all can hold on to your pitchforks, because I know that there's actually a lot of people who like the original. I am not one of them. I, the... Well, I am. I know you are. Um, the, I had just read the book when I saw it, and it just didn't do it for me. I thought it was ugly. I thought it was corny. What it is? It's an ugly fucking movie. I just there's something off-putting about it. And low budget. I mean, what do you expect? I didn't like the acting. I, I except for what's that kid's name? Fred the one Gwynn is the only one who does a good job. I think. Yes, Fred Gwynn as well. Yeah, he's Fred Gwynn. He, like it's as if Stephen King wrote the novel with him in mind or something. It's very strange. But well, you know Mary Lambert, the director, she said that Fred Gwynn was her first and only choice for the role of Judd Crane. That's beautiful. I believe it because it's it, he's he was perfect. Like I don't think anybody could have done it better. I liked John Lithgow, but I he wasn't and he wasn't Fred Gwynn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, um, but now I know. More. His character felt a lot more jaded compared to Frequent's like folksy old timer. You know what I mean? It was. Mm -hmm. He was bitter and rough and. Yeah, it was a different take. But there was a sweetness to him, and it's sad if you've seen the movie and read the book. It's sad what happens, but what can you do? I, don't I think know. Anybody was favored in that that story. No, <laughs> but so I I wasn't I I never cared for the original. Um, I just thought. Reading Stephen King's novel, I, it's been years, mind you. Reading Stephen King's novel, I was so creeped out by everything. Well, in that, I read it right after our dog Dudley died. Do you remember that? I was reading. Oh, wow! It, not after. I was reading it during the time Dudley died, and I remember you and Dad had to go bury him in the backyard in the middle of the night. That was creepy to me. It was very disturbing to think about it because of what I was reading, and it just reminded me of the book so much. And then I remember I thought I was seeing Dudley's ghost for a while running around the pond outside. I swear, I saw his ghost, like a silhouette of the dog. Just running. you know, I used to run around the pond. I used yeah, to night running around the pond. It was crazy. That is crazy. So I just had these images of Bob. We have this neighbor Bob our whole lives, and he was this old, you know, this old man in his seventies, always wearing overalls. Every time I saw him, Judd Crandall. Yes, and he had a, a nice big house um, that on forty acres of land, and I, he just, I, I was like, that's it, Dad's Lewis Creed, and. <laughs> like when I was reading, it was crazy. Bob did have a real Judd Crandall vibe to him. He definitely did. He definitely did. Um, 
But yeah, so you you like the original, correct? I do. I mean, it's definitely flawed. Um, it's not. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you're not alone on that. A lot of people do. I. It just it it didn't do it for me. I. Ew. Okay. No. Well, there were some things about this movie. I want to say I liked it overall. I'd give it maybe no more than a seven out of ten, though. And there's reasons for that. That's exactly what I would give it as well. Um, I thought it was fine. And I. I there's yeah. a few things that bothered me about it. I'll just say what I want to say, and then I'll let you... Um, well, you can comment on the things that I'll say. I, and it, this isn't just in this movie. It was in the original one, too, and it, it always irritated me. And maybe it's just because our family wasn't like that, but I think that there's way too many family heart-to-hearts and shit. You know, I don't remember my <laughs> dad ever having <laughs> sentimental sit-downs with us. I like dead. <laughs> I know, right? I see that shit in movies, and I'm like... Okay. Yeah, okay. It, it makes my eyes roll like out of my skull. It's just so cool. Blow it out your ass. I didn't like the little girl. I admit I it. She had a weird nose and a weird face. I said the same thing. She just pissed me off over, like, just looking at her. I was like, oh, God, where's the semi? Um, no. But... <laughs> I didn't like the little boy either. I didn't think he was a great actor. I prefer the other one. He didn't, like, do anything. I know, but I, I thought the actor in the first one was better, the little boy in the first one. Uh-huh, you know that's the kid that, he was in a kindergarten cop, right? I did know that, actually. I, I read that the last time I read the trivia, which is something I always do. Every time I watch a movie, I read the trivia for it because I have to know everything. Um, Me too. Um, I've all... If I've seen it many times, or if I'm watching it and I'm, like, so interested by it... Mm-hmm. You know, like, are so interested, like, to know details and whatnot. Well, I'll just say before I move on that this podcast contains spoilers, so don't listen any further if you haven't seen it, which you should have seen the original one by now. We'll try to be sparse. And also, well, keep in mind, though, the trailer blew a lot for you. Like, it did. I saw, I felt like I saw the felt like I saw the whole fucking movie. Well, I mean, I didn't even need to see it because I knew it was going to happen. I know, me too, but it, it I, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, I didn't like that. I also didn't like how um, there's a part in the original one, and it's in the book too, where Judd has a flashback scene of um, how he buried his dog and the dog came back, and then he talks about a man that was grieving the loss of his son and he buried him also and he came back and they just cut the whole part like they didn't put it in at all this one, yeah and that's not like a you know it's not like it's a a game changer but it was i wanted I know. To if you read the book though like you know like I, that's that's the problem with reading books and then see, like that's why like for example I read Shutter Island before I saw it. I really like the movie, but I don't think it's as good. Like, I know some people think it's a masterpiece. I thought Dennis Lehane's novel was better. I don't think <laughs> I'm surprised to hear you say that, being such a Leo and Scorsese. Oh, it's a very good movie. I just, I, I was more invested in the book. Well, yeah. Which... I mean, come on, let's be honest. Most of the time, books are better. In this case, that's the truth. But to be yeah. honest... They both between both movies they stick pretty well to the book except for a couple things I'll point out. Um, yeah, I wish though in this and this is what I was hoping for like so bad. I'm a big fan of folklore and I know that they touched on the Wendigo in this one. In the original one, they just kind of mention it in passing. You know, it's like you barely you barely catch that it's a Wendigo. And if I hadn't read the book, I wouldn't have even known watching the first one that that's what it was. I mean, the first fucking seven times I had seen it, I didn't know it was a Wendigo. <laughs> but then, like, I know that they, they, Judd talks about it, but I felt like Christopher Walken, like, you know, in this and all, need walk, when to go, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just not enough when to go. Every time he walked to the woods, I got super excited. Like, whenever he was going to be very, um, the cat, I got excited. I was thinking, I'm going to see it this time. Nope. And then it doesn't, it doesn't show. You know Ellie going back to bury the mom or him, and you just don't you don't get enough of the the burial ground. You don't even get to see it in the light of day like he's doing the original one, which kind mm-hmm. of. And then apparently, well, this is what I read in the trivia. Apparently, and I thought maybe it was just my eyes playing tricks on me because I was fucked up when I was at the movies. But 
<laughs> do you see a silhouette of the Wendigo at any time whenever he's walking in the woods with Ellie's body? I don't recall that, There's but if that's yeah. true, I want to watch yeah. it again just to see that. <laughs> Apparently that part in the swamp where he hears it and he stops and he says, we're almost there to Ellie. Apparently what he's looking at in the distance, you see like a fog. Mm -hmm. That's the silhouette, and I was looking for it, but I didn't really notice it. And I was disappointed that we just didn't get more of that. I understand. And I was also um, iffy on the Ellie Creed dying instead of Gage. It doesn't really matter to me, but the ending was completely different. And I think if in the book, I, I was trying to wonder what the ending was. I thought it was just Lewis buries um, his wife's body, and then. He's in the kitchen waiting. The clock strikes midnight. He hears a door open and a voice just says, hello, darling, or something like that. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how it was, and that's how the movie was, too. I actually, I'll be honest with you, I like I like this ending. Um, I went for it. I, I thought, you know, I was like, okay, so now they're just a nice, dead, happy family. <laughs> like, they were going to bring Jeff back or just leave his dead body sitting there? I well, they burned the uh, house down, so I guess that's yeah. So he's probably dead, which sucks. They could have easily have just brought him back. I mean, he did like nothing wrong, really. I mean, <laughs> I don't see how this family is going to function in society being dead. You know, I don't think. I know, but that well, so like, it also leads me to believe that they killed their son too, and uh, well, yeah, of course, which is also ballsy because I swear to you, as I was watching it. I turned, it's the scene right before Ellie gets it, and I was like, oh, they're gonna kill both of them? What? Like, I was seriously, I, like, I was, like, scared, but I was also pulling for it. Well, I was surprised <laughs> the way it ended, um, because I read an article the other day, I didn't read it, I just saw the title, it says, if you're confused by the Pet Cemetery ending, blame it on the Wendigo. And I was like, oh, so the Wendigo will make another fucking feature in the end. <laughs> he did not. It really had nothing to do with the Wendigo. I was like, Why'd that idiot reporter have to say that? Then? Yes, another, I read another... Um, well, I didn't read the article. I, another headline I read was... Um, directors, because I guess there's two of them, um, said that if this movie is a success, they will do a prequel, which could be interesting. Oh, um, that they left out a lot of things that didn't happen um, in this movie, and they'd like to do like a full-feature movie featuring the things that were left out. Probably... And finally, I might get my fucking Wendigo. You movie. might get your Wendigo, yes. So let's hope this movie's a success. I mean, that might suck ass, you know. Probably will. Um, I think they... I think it's doing pretty well. Um, it stands at like a 59% fresh, which is not great, but... Well... These are just people who are comparing it to the original who are diehard fans and don't like the changes. Well, I also think it's just critics who like to sit, sit there and nitpick. And I admit... So, like, I could dock the movie points for not being scary, but nothing scares me anymore, so I guess well, that's Stephen really... Stephen thought it was scary, but he thought that the book was the scariest thing he'd ever written, which, I mean, it's probably the creepiest one that I've ever read of him. It is certainly creepy. And just the very thought of it is creepy, really. I mean, and what it does with that premise as well is just creepy. Yeah, um, so, but... um, what would be... Your thoughts on the cast overall? I know we mentioned we didn't like the children. Well, I didn't like the children. You don't like. Ellie. No, I don't like the kids. I. I don't know who Amy Semek is. Is that her name? Is that the? I guess that's the wife. Yeah, she looks okay. like she could be familiar. She looks. She's got one of those faces. Like she could be famous, or she could be your next door neighbor. Like I don't know. Right. <laughs> no. Um, I thought. I thought Jason Clark did a fine job. Thought, um, yeah, he was good in this. Better than Winchester, anyways. Oh god. So that's the thing, like I a lot of people give him shit and I'm like I think he's good. <laughs> like Oh you hear my kettle? I'm sorry, I just put it on. It's okay. I like so but the first thing I ever saw him in was Zero Dark Thirty. Uh -huh. And I I thought he was I thought he was great in that movie, so to me, that's what I always think of when I see him. Not the shitty movies he does, like Terminator Genesis. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought he was good in this movie. Um, I, I When I saw he was going to be playing Lewis, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. I think he's going to knock that shit out of the park. God, he did. Um, my, to me, though, the part... 
<clears throat> this will be the last thing I have to say about this movie. Um, the part that ran through me the most was not, um, well, besides Judd getting the knife through his foot, um, the part that ran through me the most was whenever Lewis is brushing Ellie's hair. Oh, yeah, I was scared to death that her fucking skin was just gonna fall out of her fucking I did too! I was like, ugh! Like, I seriously, I was, I like, I was watching it, I just like curled up in my seat and I was like, holy fucking shit! Well, I actually, I went to the bathroom when she got hit by the semi, not because I was scared, but we had like this giant cup of Sprite and I I peed like fucking four times, but oh. <laughs> I, I waited for Victor Pascal, who also was not featured very much in this movie as he was in the first one. Wasn't he black? He was. Um, not that that matters, I guess. No, it, it doesn't, it, but, but I, I noticed that was different as well. And he looked disgusting. Um, yes, I, I didn't get to see his brain, thank God. I remember what you told me, so I you missed my hands, and I was like, look away, and then I went to It was disgusting. You saw, like, bones sticking out. And, well, I mean, he was gross in the original, but you didn't see any brain matter, so that was uh, mm-hmm. something I was not going to stick around for. But did you, when Ellie gets hit by the car, did you see her head at all? Because, I mean, it was stapled up in the back. like she <clears throat> No, so what happens pretty much is, like, they both come out there, and it just kind of, like, shows that her body flew off in the distance. But... That's funny. She was a dumb bitch anyway. She had it coming. On your birthday, too. Well, I, if... I know. That's so fucked up. I will say something, though. Her compared to the the twins that played Ellie in the last one, I prefer her by a fucking landslide. Okay. Because that bitch was annoying. Yeah. Oh. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. No, I know what you're talking... Yeah. I just, like... Those bitches, anyways. Not that bitch. They were twins. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, thinking about, like, this character, I was just like, she brings up her mom's dead sister, I'm like, wow, that's sensitive, and then she's also, like, dancing in front of them to, like, entertain them, I'm oh. just like, ugh. Mom and dad would, like, roll their eyes over, you know, if we were trying to do something like that, they wouldn't, I know. They wouldn't have us perform in front of company, but like, come on, we're- Right? It's so stupid. It's so dumb. Like, <laughs> do you remember me trying to organize plays? Oh, you don't remember this. But when we were very young, I would, when we were in Chicago with our cousins, I would try to organize these plays with our cousins in the basement and have the adults come downstairs and watch it because I wanted to be some kind of director because I was a stupid kid. Sean used to do the same thing. He'd make these movies, these home yeah. movies. When we were saying, but you could not get the adults to stop talking during this fucking thing. You know, that's how little the family cares about the children and these stupid projects that they have. I know. Yeah, um, I know. But they did used to enjoy our Halloween tours. They did, so they pretended. Those those were good. I, I tried so very hard. I know. No, we did great with what we had. I mean... I mean there was only three of us, and uh, I was leading it. The, I was a tour guide, so... I remember the very last one we did. I think that was the best. It was. Well, I was a teenager at that point. I was, like, in high school, so I was like, we're going out with a bang. Yeah. Psycho. <laughs> that, was, that was so funny. Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> For those who don't know, I had Christian um, go full Anne Heche topless in our barn. <laughs> or Vivian. Or Janet and, Lee. Yes. Uh, or Janet Lee. You had short well, hair, and I had you taking a shower, kind of. Yes. Behind this plastic tarp in our barn, and then we squirted the <laughs> the tarp with ketchup. I think after Brittany came from the shadows to stab you from behind, it was great. It was, it was I even had I brought out a cassette tape of Psycho, and I was playing the music in the background. The exact. We're moment. very in, we're very innovative. It was back cutting then. edge. I'm telling you. It was. It was brilliant. I I I can still re- I can still vaguely remember it <laughs> and how good it was. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, good times. But anyways, um, so that's all I have to say about pets in the series. Anything you'd like to add? No, that's about all I got to. I I think it's. I don't think it's the best King adaptation, 
But I also don't think it's the worst, and I know what the worst is, and I cannot wait to talk about it, because it sucks. we can jump straight to the adaptations if you want. Or, do you want to talk about some of the books? I I will talk about some of the books. I made a top five. I've read about ten of the King's books, and I made just a top five, because, I don't know, some of them are pretty obvious, some of them not so much. I think that, what did I write down anyways? And I think this is in order. I would say. Um, the Stand, which you also read. I forced you to read this. I yes. read this over the summer when I was like 16, and it was the best book, not only by Stephen King, but the best book I ever read in my entire life. It's a long-ass book. It's like two Bibles, but if you can get through it, it's. I read the extended fucking uncut like version too, and it was, I think, better, because there's mm-hmm. some parts I wanted to talk to you about that you don't even remember. Either you you didn't pay attention because I know you just wanted to get it over with, but um, or they just weren't in there. Um, but it was an incredible fucking book. Um, it certainly is. Um, it's definitely the most ambitious thing I've ever read. Like it's no like you see the length of these Stephen King novels and you think fuck, mm-hmm. like that's gonna be daunting. But he he does it for a reason. Like that. Well, my style of reading was I would read a massive one like that, and then I would read a short one, and then I would read a massive one, and then I would read a short one. Now that I'm into reading, I might start reading more of his shit. I, I think I left most of the books behind at Mom and Dad's place. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think he's great. Um, but oh, what what's the other ones? Oh, um, Pet Cemetery was number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three. Uh, the other one I've read. <laughs> Yeah, um, number three is one that I think you should give a go, and I'll just give you a brief summary of what it's about since you haven't seen the miniseries either. It's called Desperation, and it's about this, like, this town in the middle of the desert, uh, I think it's like Arizona or something, and it's like a ghost town because there was miners there back in the day, and they dug so deep that they awoke this, like, ancient demon called Tech, and, um, his spirit takes over the entire town and, like, kills everybody. And anybody that, like, comes through the town, um, he possesses them because he can only live in their bodies for a short time, like a few days before they start to decompose. It's pretty gross. And then he's a, a possessed <clears throat> body. So he keeps, anybody that comes through the town, he keeps them in a jail cell. And he, like, possesses the body of, like, the sheriff. And that's how he gets them into the jail. Um, and then uh, in the <laughs> adaptation, Tom Skerritt is, like, this... Um, bad boy author who's kind of a giant asshole and um he rolls through town and he and like this group of people are hiding from tech and um i think steven weber is in it too and um some other people steven weber does a lot of stephen king stuff it's really creepy it's really creepy just the whole ancient demon living in the ground that they disturbed in the end tom sizemore has to find tech's lair which is like this cavern kind of um, okay and destroy it and that's the only way you can get rid of tech but it was really uh i mean what i like about the mini series it's not great but it's pretty much what i pictured when i was reading the book so um, (laughs) okay yeah i think stephen king was probably pleased with it Uh, but i have that on there uh it that's another massive fucking book yeah so was tommy knockers that's on the list um all fucking massive. And uh, I think the most underrated book, it's also... Is that four or five? Yeah. I think it's five. It's five, but I think the most underrated book that I read was uh, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. I have heard literally nothing from anybody ever about this book. It's a short book. It's like, I don't know, 200... You should, you should talk to Will. He loves Stephen King. Like, Well, it's a really creepy story. I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing a movie made. It's um about this little girl who's... It's called The Girl of Tom Gordon because she's a little girl who is a big fan of a baseball player who I guess is named Tom Gordon. And she gets lost in the woods when she goes out with her family. And all she has is like this book about um, Tom Gordon. It might be an audio book, I forget. But while she's lost in the woods, there's like this evil thing like following her. And it's the it's like a god. But oh. it's like some kind of deity that's like hairy and like... I don't know if it's hairy, but it's, like, tall and monstrous. And it, like, stalks her through the woods. And in the very end, she comes, like, face to face with it, like, before she gets rescued. It's pretty... 
It's really fucking creepy. Um, that sounds creepy. I would creepy. read that. I mean, again, I'm <clears throat> I'm getting into reading again. Yeah. I uh, you should check that one out. I may have left it behind. There's literally less than 300 pages in it. It's a short, yeah. No, it sounds short good book. to me. It's even shorter than Pet Cemetery. So I give that a look. I've been reading Angels in America. That oh. shit is good. Like literally I, about angels in America. Yeah. Actually, is that I was think it a show or a movie or a mini. It was a mini series directed by. Well, okay, so it was a Broadway play, and then Mike Nichols directed it with Meryl Streep, Al Pacino, Mary Louise Parker, Justin Kirk, Patrick Wilson. Um, yeah, so the works. I remember I was just a kid when that came out. And there was something Aunt Shirley used to talk to mom about. Angels in America? That's mm-hmm. weird. It's Well, it's really gay. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's about, like, well, AIDS. Maybe I'm thinking of Touched by an Angel. That's probably it. Or City of Angels. Or maybe that, yeah. Well, what do you mean it's, it's gay? Like It's quite gay. It's about AIDS in oh. 1985. So it's yeah. about angels or not? Yeah, it is. So, <clears throat> at the end of... I just finished part one. It's a two-part thing. Mm-hmm. I'll be brief on this, but... At the end of part one, um, Lewis, eh, Lewis, was visited by someone, and an angel's feather pretty much just fell on him. So I'm assuming that part two will tie more into the angel aspect, but also, it like, one of the characters goes off on this tangent, and he says the words angels in america so i'm assuming like they just kind of ran with that or maybe they had that title in mind and they were like oh we're gonna slide it in there somewhere (laughs) but it's pretty good um i i can't wait to see the the mike nichols thing though that sounds pretty cool okay i might actually watch that that sounds like my cup of tea yeah is it my cup of tea i think it could be um i mean like one character is addicted to, like, what is she addicted to? Like, Valium and shit. And her husband is gay as well. Like, it is just a full blown gay parade. <laughs> I think, like. That sounds like your cup of tea. Four out of five of the characters are gay. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I would think... Hmm, what made us talk about that? I was talking about how I've been reading a lot recently. Oh, you're reading that, okay. Yeah. Um, was there anything you want to say about the books? Well, I was just going to say, the girl Tom, who loves Tom Gordon, most underrated, the most overrated would probably be The Shining. And it's in my top ten, but only because I've read about ten. Ten? <laughs> I mean, it's good, don't get me wrong. But <clears throat> mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because I'm, I've seen the movie so many times and it's such a cold classic. Which I also think it's slightly overrated, don't we? Yeah, well, I think it's... I well, I'll talk about that in a bit. I, I think it's a great movie, but I've sure. heard that it's totally fucking different than fucking... It's not the, totally different, but if you've seen... Did you see the miniseries with Steven Weber? Years and years ago. Um, like, the ending is completely different. And Okay, so yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of things that are fucking different. Yeah. I, like, if I were the author, I probably would hate it, too. But since I've seen the movie and that's it, I I do... I, I would read that, though, and I would also read Doctor Sleep, which they're making a movie out of with Ewan McGregor. See, that's, that's the cool. thing about Stephen King. It was like they made so many adaptations. They stopped, and now they're back. So, <clears throat> fingers crossed that... We'll we'll see some good ones. I, I think, it, but it's nice that he wrote a book recently that people like because I read that um, he gets upset when people tell him like, oh, like for instance, if I was to say to him, The Stand is the best book I've ever read. You know, he would have. Well, yeah, because it's he didn't want to hear that he hasn't made anything better than that. Is it anything better since like I bet Steven Spielberg's probably the same way? <laughs> like, oh. E.T. is my favorite movie. That means you haven't done anything as great as E.T. since 1982. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's true in in the case of The Stand, but I haven't read some of his newer works, but I still don't think anything could compare. 
The Stand is brilliant, and I think they have yet to give it an adaptation it deserves. Oh, that's what I'm afraid of. I remember a while back you said Ben Affleck was set to direct. Which would have been good. That's not the case anymore, though. Ben Affleck, though, so I don't know. He is a fine director, though. Because he did Argo. I don't remember anything else he did that was great. Argo, The Town, and Gone Baby Gone. Those are all good movies. Okay. They they are good. I didn't care for his last movie, though. But anyways, we're getting off topic. Okay. Um, His adaptations. I I wrote down my five favorites. Now, this is excluding people. This is excluding The Green Mile and The Shawshank Redemption. Yes, as we discussed earlier, those are a given and obvious. Yes, and we know that Frank Darabont is like the Stephen King whisperer. Um, like he, and Rob Reiner too, honestly. Um, but like, I don't know. You just kind of, you can't, it, they're, they're obvious masterpieces as, as you said, like they're two of like the greatest movies ever made. And I'm pretty sure they would be at the top of anyone's ranking. So that's why we've decided to not mention them. Yeah. But, uh, what are yours? Um, in no particular order, I have Pet Cemetery. Um, I was reaching here because a lot of them aren't that great. I know. I know. I was looking through them, and they were like, I like that movie, but would I put it among the best, like, Thinner? Like, Thinner is really fun. Oh, shit, I forgot about Thinner. I like but I, I don't think I'd say it's one of the best. Uh, um, no, because it's silly also, but... It is. <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, I forgot about Misery, too. But whatever, I'll just roll with what I have, and then you can say yours. I have Pet Cemetery, Stand By Me, Rose Red, if that counts. Uh, I'm okay, yeah. Well. Um, Which reminds me, I was going to talk about what I was telling you last night. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, um, Rose Red, I think it's a short story or something, but it might not, I don't even think it was. The idea came from uh, Stephen... Spielberg had always wanted to make a haunted house movie after, you know, the heat of Poltergeist, but it didn't work out with him and George Lucas. They were going to do an Indiana Jones movie in a haunted house, but uh, they ended up doing The Last Crusade instead. Um, So he came to Stephen King eventually, and they had this shelf for years and years because they had a disagreement. Um, They wanted to work together to write a, a movie that was a haunted house movie, and Steven Spielberg wanted more, like, jump scares and, you know, mm-hmm. monster horrors and shit like that. Whereas Stephen King was more of a cerebral horror. And so they, you know, parted ways. And what we got in the end was Steven Spielberg's Monster House and Stephen King's Rose Red. Which I don't think was even based on a true story. Which is funny because they even made another fucking movie or miniseries after this called, like, The Diary of Helen Rimbauer. Remember that? No. Which was based on this, which was based on nothing. Which was based, yeah. Yeah, he wrote the script, that was about it. Interesting. Yes, so I thought I would just throw that out, but it's based off the Winchester house. Oh, that makes um, sense. Yeah, in California. So, well, that's what the Rose Red House is. Uh Uh-huh. But I also have The Shining, obviously, and uh, the, the newer version of It, though I personally am a fan of the original one. Yeah, it, it's it's okay. And I I liked it as well. I just I was expecting I don't know, I was a little let down by it. Mm-hmm. Um oh, god damn it. Let's I can't say it. Like it 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 it, it um, um I don't know, like I heard it was in an 80s setting and I didn't think they really took advantage of that. I also didn't think it was scary. I honestly thought that the clown was distracting. Um, I like I say that because I thought the kids were so good. Are you talking and about then, the new one? Yeah. You didn't like it? I think it's fine. I just like I know some people who love the shit out of it, and I'm oh. like, eh. Like I again, I was I I found the clown distracting. Like when he showed up, I was just like, okay, oh, I like. I I I thought Tim Curry was better, creepier. I, I agree with that. Um, I need to watch Stand by Me again because I know so many people love it. I and watched it last I, night. Like, oh, not, it, not even like three hours ago, two hours ago. Oh, is it great? No, it's alright. It's pretty good. It's so not, yeah, that's I know a lot like of people. Other stories, but I know it's a totally coming good. of age story. 
Yeah, yeah. River Phoenix, which is always awesome. Yeah. Um, my five favorites, excluding the Green Mile and the Shawshank Redemption. Um, oh, I'd say, like, I really like, I like Cat's Eye a lot. And I like Cat's Eye because of, like, I don't know, A, I just find that sort of thing really fun. And B, it's, like, in the very beginning, it makes reference to both Cujo and Christine, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but I wouldn't say it's... I'd say it's an honorable mention. Uh, again, there a lot of these movies are very entertaining. Uh, my five would be um, from five to one. I'd say David Cronenberg's The Dead Zone. That's a very good movie if you haven't seen it. I'm not. I just remember the show with... Um... Michael Anthony Hall. Anthony, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, no, I know. I him as an adult, it, it's just not happening for him me. A, yeah, I know. You see this like weak, wimpy, dorky kid. It's weird. Hot stud muffin with muscles and shit. I was very off putting when I realized he was in Edward Scissorhands. I was like, what? what? Right, right. It's fucking weird. He's the boy yeah. this time. That's fucking. Nuts. I haven't seen that in years. I need to give that another it go. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I just but, realized Vincent Price was in that the other night. Yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah, he was just... Did you know he was in The Moses and the Ten Commandments? I was watching it last night. I was like, is that Vincent The fuck? Him? No, I didn't know he I was in that. He's like the slave master, and Moses kills him and when he almost rapes the water girl. It's crazy. Oh, weird. But no, The Dead Zone's very good. Um, Creep Show is also very entertaining. That's my fourth. I don't either. Jeez, all these I have not seen. Um, three is Carrie, the Brian De Palma oh, version. I forgot about Carrie. How do you forget about Carrie? Oh God, I, he's done so many fucking works. I, I know. I, it's very true. Oh, another honorable mention. If you haven't seen Dolores Claiborne, that one's also very oh, good. I saw bits of it, and it really rubbed me the wrong way. Kind of like Cujo. I was like, ugh. Right, Cujo's fine. I, I don't really. I don't know. It's yeah, okay. It's really I like the dog. We used to. Have I know. A big, beautiful Saint Bernard named Bandit and Tiny. Uh, oh. Tiny, beautiful, and it hurts me to think about. Dolores Claiborne is a good time though. I think it it's it gets a great performance out of. Sitting here, like I'm just thinking of like I didn't even think about Cujo before. I didn't think about Carrie. I didn't think about Christine. Christine, I know. I, I get that vibe. That's okay. Um, number two is The Shining. I know, right? That's number two. So I bet you're wondering what number one is. What? And to me, the most entertaining Stephen King movie of all is Misery. I, I think it's great. I, I think so. I love that movie so much. I think Kathy Bates... Kathy Bates' performance in that movie... Like, it was the only Oscar nomination that movie got. She won it. She deserved it. Nobody, like end of story like it is I think that performance is brilliant and I watched it with some people a few months back and they just like weren't that into it and I'm like how like it pisses me off so much and then it just like I think James Caan's performance is great I think the writing is great it's disturbing though I don't like disturbing movies it is disturbing it is but he also gets his and what is so satisfying like or he gets his day what I find so satisfying about that movie especially is when he writes the novel, burns it, and then tries to make her eat it. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's awesome. I love that movie. And that's You mentioned that. We, when we were watching, um, when we went to the movies yesterday, we saw a trailer for Ma, and Hans was like, oh, it's like misery. That looks so fucking good. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait. That. that was crazy. Yeah, that was looks like... like... What were you going to say? Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. I was going to make a comparison between Misery and something else for Ma, but go on. I I think Ma looks like a goddamn blast. I cannot wait. <laughs> I think it looks so fucking fun. I don't know, though. It looks pretty cringeworthy, though, in some bit. Well, I'm assuming... I'm assuming there's comedic elements to it. Like, I mean, we're happy. Why would a middle-aged black woman want to party with white teenagers? There's no way in hell that movie is taking itself seriously. Or one would hope. I hope not. But so no. Um, but no. I I love misery. Um, what would what would you? I know, right? That sounds funny saying that out loud. <laughs> uh, um, what would you say are the worst? Oh man, I wrote three down. 
that really suck balls. Um, number one, the worst adaptation, and I don't, I dare you to disagree with me. Um, the Langoliers. <laughs> I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that? No, that's the um, one where. <laughs> you I'm not joking. Your... Okay, imagine <laughs> the antagonist, if that's what we want to even call it, is like this creature that eats time. And it's a round ball that's like a metallic round ball with sharp teeth, and it literally eats everything. It's eating time, so it eats through buildings, concrete, trees, everything. And you can, they, these people, it's like a time warp movie. They're on an airplane, they go through some time warp, they end up like in some fucking alternate universe, but it's still, it looks just like, you know, Earth and where <laughs> they should be, but there's no people there. And all they can hear is these loud noises in the distance, and they're getting closer. Then you got the girl who's got ESP, and you got the bad guy who's got these, like, I don't know, I don't know, troubled past and shit. Anyways, in the end, whenever you see these creatures that are eating time, I'm not shitting you, it's so bad that, um, it literally looks like somebody drew a picture and just put it on the screen. You know what I mean? Like, that's how bad the computer graphics are. God, yeah, like, no, that's... The picture is, like, eating things, and it's, like, a moving picture. It's fucking nuts. And then it's, it's so bad that in the end, they just magically... I mean, even the story is bad. It's lazy, and it's stupid, and it doesn't make any fucking sense. But, like, they come out of the time warp somehow. They find this pocket in, in, in the plane. There's, like, a pocket of time. Somehow they make it back to Boston, and in the end, they're running down the airport together, like, hand-in-hand, hand, and they jump up in the air for a freeze frame. Yeah, that's what I was... That's that's what I remembered you telling me about. Oh, so that's bad. Pr so pretty bad. bad. I was on drugs, and I watched it, but you really gotta be. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> There's no other way. Yeah, um, I understand. But yeah, I, I thought that you watched that with me for some reason. That was the one oh. night when I was, like, strung out or something. I don't know why the fuck I watched that. I think it was on. You bought me this um, DVD set was, with the stand. Yeah, with three of the miniseries. It had that. It had the stand, and it had another one I've never seen because it it looked pretty gross. Um, but I have that. I have Sleepwalkers, which have you seen it? So I've either seen Sleepwalkers or I've seen Graveyard Shift. <laughs> oh, I didn't like Graveyard Shift either. That was good. see. No, I think that's one of the worst. That's ones. the ones with the rats that you know eat the people. Yeah, gross. Old mill or whatever. Um, Sleepwalkers is like this mother and son who are in an incestuous relationship, and they're also like vampires. I'm surprised you don't like that then. Uh, no, I enjoyed that part. Um, <laughs> it's pretty fucked up though. But he falls in love with another girl who's like a virgin, and he wants to make her into a vampire. Oh, it's a fucking stupid story. It takes place in Indiana, which would drew me in because Stephen King actually lives in Indiana for a short time. Did you know that? I oh no I did not know he that he lived there um in his childhood and that's why he's featured Indiana in some of his works it's also featured in the stand um the trash can man came from Indiana um if you remember but it is matter that's not important um <laughs> but yeah so that's what intrigued me about that but don't watch it it sucks and then I wrote down the Dark Tower because that was an ultimate fucking disappointment it yeah, was well, I never read any of the books so I was going in fresh thinking. Oh, this could be fun. You got Matt Mac, you got Idris Elba, sexiness everywhere. I, it, I know. Well, that's the thing. You can't take, like... <laughs> you can't take, like, three books and squeeze it into 90 minutes. It's just, it's not happening. Yeah. Like, But I heard that they're redoing it, is that right? Yeah, they're gonna do a TV series um, with that... He was in Black Klansman. He was, like, one of the... Uh, he, he was, like, the... The really, like, he was, like, the worst of the, like, the clan members. He discussed we thought he deserved an Oscar. I do. I thought he was great in that movie, and I don't know how he wasn't. I thought he was better than Am Driver, but that's yeah, just. Am Driver didn't do much there. No, I thought Am Driver was fine. I just wouldn't have nominated him for an Oscar. But, no, Dark Tower is definitely a letdown. Um, but you said before that, um... You dare me to challenge you on the Langoliers, and I would had I seen it, but I'm going to say that I'm sure 
something tells me it's not as bad as Dreamcatcher because I because I haven't seen all of Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher is one of the worst movies I have ever you seen. Tell me a Morgan Freeman film is worse than the. Link. It is. It's so bad. Well, Chris, I, okay. I mean, the main like actor, the biggest star in a movie is David Morse. I mean, come on. It's no. <laughs> That's funny. Um. <laughs> Yeah, he's no. the lead star in that movie. Dreamcatcher. Oh, don't forget is... Bronson Pitch out there. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. Wow, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, right. Um, sometimes I just think these people are dead, and then <laughs> you remind me they're not. Um, but what's so so Dreamcatcher? I get the vibe on paper; it sounded great, but on screen, it is a goddamn disaster. It is. So bad, and there's so much talent in it too. That's the disturbing part. Is it like, gross? what? Is it gross? Yes, it's gross. It's. I think the cinematography. Like, I will why? give that credit. The I think it's. Why I didn't want to watch it. I remember there was a scene where there was a character who's fat, and I think he had been infected by this alien, and he was like ripping ass and. Just These aliens come out of their assholes. Oh. There's like telepathy it's retarded it's so bad i can't even i had i bought that movie so it was in a four pack with like some other stephen king adaptations and i liked the other three i hated that movie i hated it i i like i left it in the street just the disc and I watched cars run over it it was really great i like i i watched it on on the way like on a car trip and it made the trip slower like it was so bad it was so bad i almost want people to see how horrible it is like damien lewis who is english does a terrible british accent i don't yeah. how does that happen <laughs> like, what do you mean? it's weird it's <laughs> so bad i don't all right well i guess i'll just have to refrain it's it's and the sad, the saddest thing of all, uh, besides the acting, like the actors who were in it, which there are a lot of good ones in there, it's directed by Lawrence Kasdan, and Lor- I don't know if you know that name. I don't. Lawrence Kasdan is a great director. He made The Accidental Tourist, Body Heat, uh, The Big Chill. He also co-wrote, um, like, at The Empire Strikes Back. And Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, this is a man of many talents. But this movie pretty much ended his directing career. This was it. He's done one other movie since. And you know what? It was also terrible. So (laughs) maybe I think he's just realized he's finished. But Dreamcatcher is horrendous. I... Oh my! <laughs> is it like well, again? I mean, sometimes when he does aliens, it works. It worked in Tommy Knockers. I thought it was a great book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the, the miniseries was that great. Well, it was low budget, and there was no... it was it wasn't good. It was I, pretty it... silly, but I don't know. The book was really good. You should read it. It's really fucking long though. It's like uh huh. Like, of course, a thousand it's... fucking pages long. The the other two, I I only listed three, but I'm sure I I didn't count miniseries i but i'm sure there's worse than these um i i say graveyard shift and cell which is also not good but you know what i've heard some people really like that shit cell it would not i mean more than two people have at least said to me more at least two people have said to me uh that they thought it was really fucking good and i would really like it which i just really doubt because it just Mm -hmm. sounds Creepy. They it always makes you think of this part in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where they're making fun of this this movie that she's in where people answer the phone and uh, they just like I die. Confuse, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I confuse it with the cell. I think that's what it's called. The cell. Oh, that shitty Jennifer Lopez movie. Is that not what it is? No. <laughs> that's not the same movie? No, Cell is with the killer cell phones, and oh. The Cell is where she goes into the mind of a serial killer. Who the fuck wrote that? I could have sworn it was a Stephen King, because it seems like something he could do. It does, um, but My no. Life, he, I thought this until just now. 
he didn't do that. No, there there is a there's a difference. There's also a movie called Cellular with Chris Evans. Um but that's about it. Oh. Uh, all right. What I I will say this about Cell. Um it's better than Dreamcatcher. <laughs> that's, okay. that's my highest praise. <laughs> but yeah. So that's that's all I got in term like I I'm sure that's the thing oh oh wait, hold on hold everything. There is one more movie I need to talk about and it's like it falls straight in the middle because it is horrible, but it's also great. And you know, like you you hear about how a lot of the times Hollywood cannot get Stephen King right. Like you know, there's just there's something there's something that they just can't capture it. And so Stephen King thought this to himself. Probably it was in the mid '80s, and he thought, "Huh, I'm gonna direct, gonna direct my own movie." Um, and it's called Maximum Overdrive. Have you oh, you, you have not seen Maximum Overdrive, correct? I have not. So, word has it that Stephen King um, was coked out of his mind while he was making this movie. And if you see it, it makes so much sense. He doesn't even <laughs> remember making it, but this movie is on coke. Well, he didn't remember is... making Cujo either, but Cujo was good. Yeah, Cujo's fine. This... So, like, how do I... Maximum Overdrive is hilarious, and it's horrible, but it's, it's like... Again, it's, it's like everything in that movie is done with an exclamation point. <laughs> like, seriously, it's, it's loud, it's obnoxious, it's retarded, it's terrible. I, I kind of... I think it's kind of great, but it's also just so bad. And it has... It has a soundtrack by ACDC. At one point, one like I don't even know how this happened, but the, a character is firing a bazooka at a semi. <laughs> like everything attacks, like soda machines kill people. It's seriously like what? And Stephen King wrote this script and he directed it himself and. Years after, they asked, like, at a panel, they were like, why haven't, or, why haven't you directed a movie since Maximum Overdrive? And do you know what his response was? What? Watch Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny guy. He is funny. You know, uh, this is a little piece of trivia. He has a band, well, he did anyways, I think I may have told you this in the past, with, like, four other famous authors, and... That's cool. Well, not only that, their slogan is, they have a catchphrase, and it's, we play as well as Metallica writes novels. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. Metallica doesn't write novels. I follow him on Twitter and on Facebook and shit, and he's funny. Yeah, he's a he's he's a he's a man of many talents. He is directing on cocaine, though. I I don't think that was one of them. Um, but and I I don't know how people signed up for that. Like Emilio Estevez is in it. This he is... said the tagline was "Nobody does King like King." Or exactly, exactly. That's what it was. And really, I <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know the thought process behind that movie. The girl who plays Lisa Simpson is in it. Or, well, she's not a girl. She's a grown woman. But Yeardley Smith, I think, is her name. And yeah. remember that comment I made about the exclamation point? Mm -hmm. That character. That is really... <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> she screams everything. It's it's definitely worth watching even though it's redundant and horrible. You get drunk tonight and throw it on Steve Hanson's to watch it's it. It's funny, and whatever violence in it is just, like, it's obviously dated. I mean, that's that's all I can really say. Um, it's it's funny as fuck, though. Like, <laughs> but That's yeah. the end of your list? So, well, I, I only had three, and I put... I put Maximum Overdrive in the middle because it's one of those movies that's like really horrible, but it's like so horrible that it's kind of great. You know, like I don't, I don't know. 
It's I know a lot of people who actually love it. So I mean, I'm sure it'll be like a cult classic. Yeah, most a lot of his sh- shitty movies are. I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, yeah, I, it's true. That's true. But yeah, that's that's all I got. Is there anything else you want to say about the king? Um. I look forward to reading more of his stuff, maybe this summer. Um, he's definitely, he's very original. Like, he's very creative. Like, I I see, I've seen his adaptations, and I think, like, only he could have come up with this. Like, like something, something like Thinner, you know, or Gerald's Game. You know, like, these are horrible scenarios that you could not ever nor would you ever want to imagine yourself in. And I, I think that's that's what's, like, I don't know. He And he's still going. He's still going strong. Um, what I like about him a lot is he's like the Woody Allen of Maine. You know what I mean? But <laughs> unlike Woody Allen, his stories, though they connect through different towns and sometimes characters, they're all completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woody Allen's th- stories kind of recycle themselves after a while. I think yeah, it's basically Annie Hall. I mean, you do a movie every year; it's gonna it's gonna remind you of another one. That's why I told you I knew what was gonna happen in Wonder Wheel before I walked into the oh, theater. That's obvious. I read the plot, yeah, and I was like, "Fair somewhere, right?" I know. Well, I read the plot, and I was like, "Mobsters and jealousy." She's gonna go. I know. <laughs> like, After I made hands watch like nine of these movies. He's like, "What is it with you and infidelity?" I was like, "No." Interesting. Woody Allen. What is with Woody Allen and infidelity? I mean, it's it's good. Every fucking movie. I was thinking for my novels, I will make them connect as well. I Stephen King inspired me. He's got his whole universe going on. I think it's cool. I think it's it's exciting whenever. Like I remember, I was watching Dolores Claiborne one time, and someone makes reference to Shawshank. Prison. And I was like, ah. Yeah, yeah, in the original Pet Cemetery, they make a reference to Cujo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, again, in the opening of Cat's Eye, they make reference to Cujo and Christine. I feel like there's another one they reference there to. There is. There's plenty out there. You just gotta look for it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's all I got. All right, well, this has been good. We're just at the hour mark now, just a little over. Um, so I'm glad we did this. We need to honor King. Uh, I feel good about this. Uh, for those who haven't seen or read those movies, we suggest, um, you know, get out there and do it, you know. It's, but only the ones that we suggest, not the ones right. that can suck. Yeah, there's some you really, uh, though, if you're, if I've, you know, curbed your curiosity on a dream catcher. I guess I, I can't stop you. Yeah, I'm not interested. Don't worry. <laughs> it's uh, don't get uh, well. I would say don't get me started. I've already started, um, but yeah, no, thanks. Um, well, I, I think our next show. Do you want to do one again? Like we can do this like. Tomorrow morning, for all I care. I don't. Um, we'll have to see. I'm not always a morning person. Today is one of those special days. You caught me because I was up drinking tea all night. So uh, okay, on a tea day. Yeah. Uh, but I think you and I are gonna have to start our Fosse podcast. I think the episode one was what is today? I don't even know what day it is. It's Wednesday today. Okay. Well, the first episode apparently aired yesterday, so we need to get on that shit and watch. Okay. It. I can. Oh, I probably can't watch that tonight. Well, I mean, sometime this week or next week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to do I want to do a a summer movies thing. Okay. I that's like before Endgame comes out, I want to do that. So, um, Sounds but I don't see that's the thing though. Is that technically a spring? Because that comes yeah. out like before May, which is when the summer movie season kicks in. I don't know, but we can talk about whatever we want. It doesn't really matter. I know I know what my most anticipated movie of the summer. Oh, yeah, what's that? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, duh. Yeah. I know. Who isn't fucking hyped for that? It looks great. Yeah. I mean, you put you say Quentin Tarantino is directing a movie, and that's about all you have well, to say. Well, this other movie with Hilary Duff playing Sharon Tate came out the other day. Mm. All the Haunting of Sharon Tate. Oh, God, that sounds horrible. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there was really, like, no information on Wikipedia about it. I don't know if that means she's haunting a location or if what, like... <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. like, but I don't know anything ago. about it. Yeah. But, okay, I gotta get going. Yeah, I gotta um, take another piss, so... Okay. Um, yeah, stay tuned for our coverage of the show. What is it? Is it just called Fosse? It's about, called Fosse Verdine. Okay, about Bob Fosse, the dance choreographer... He's a director too. He directed oh, all that jazz and cabaret. Yeah, I don't know. Any. Any. I haven't seen any of those. So. What? Oh, you you should definitely can't say that cabaret is your cup of tea. It, it uh, but Lenny is great. I think it's great. Um, yeah. and also, oh, I know you'd also love Star Eighty. That's a movie. Yes, Is that's that his last. Because I'm not really a musical kind of person. It's not. It's got Eric Roberts, and he looks like Jonathan Reese Myers, and it's weird. Uh. And he's like fucking batshit crazy. You gotta see it. I. Yeah. It might even be my favorite Bob Fosse movie, honestly. But okay. it's a. I think it's great. I think it's super underrated, wow. and it's it's a little disturbing. It's just a miserable movie, but I love it. I don't care. Star eighty is that what you said? Yes, I. I feel like it was on Prime. But I might be mistaken. Okay. Well, I don't know anything about that, but I know I'm a huge Sam Rockwell fan, and I know you are, and yes. that's my reason why I'm watching this show. So. Yeah. Stay yeah. tuned for that, and our summer movies talk, and whatever the fuck else. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Right. Well, Take care. Good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.